Yes, we do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. This is Citizen Watch on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on! That's you, Merced. Winton. Gustine. And all of the little towns in between in the valley. The great Central Valley. The great San Joaquin Valley. Hey, here it is. That's for you, Maryland, by the way. Saturday morning. Oh, it's fresh. It's early. 6 o'clock, the 6 a.m. hour on the last Saturday in January. January 30th. 2021. Only one more day left. Hopefully you got done everything you needed to do in January. If you didn't, you only have one day left. If you got vaccinated, consider yourself lucky. What has that been in the news or what? The uh, rain. How about the rain? You know, we've been talking about water. Oh, the last couple of shows. Cost of water, acre feet. What an acre foot costs. Of water, what a drop of water costs. It's unbelievable. And here we had all of this beautiful precipitation out of the sky. And that's the way it should be. Unfortunately, it's it's not enough for the year. I heard somebody say, hey, we need six more of those. And I certainly agree. But the, uh, the old rain gauge where I was at, City of Merced rain gauge, I might add, the four-inch model right to the top. And I had dumped it out a couple of times. Oh, those little storms that came through a week or so ago. I think they added up about a quarter inch each. So I'm going to give it the official uh, the official five inch mark here in Merced for the latest series of storms. Again, I think we uh, normally get a little over a foot every year. But what's normal in California? But it was a great rain. It just a, a, the atmospheric river. My word. Just kept rolling over us. It just kept falling, soaking in a good, deep soaking. You walk out there in the yard and your bare feet, you just kind of sink in, leave the footprints behind you like Bigfoot, depending on your shoe size. Anyway, it was uh, wonderful to see all the rain. And isn't it interesting to see how long it takes the creek to catch up? I think it was Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday coming in. I drove over the creek on purpose. Hey, look, it's going to be full and just pretty much looked the same as it had all summer, uh, early part of this winter. But it will get bigger, so don't be fooled. It just takes a lot of time for the water to collect, go down the little tributaries, the streams, and finally into the creek. But again, it just shows you how important impoundment is, how important recharge, all of those things when we do have the rain. Because the water that you see that will eventually flow down Bear Creek will, well, it will go out into the ocean. And uh, not to say that some of it shouldn't flow, but impoundment is a big key. Because agriculture, as you know, where water flows, food grows. So it was great to see the water flowing here in Merced. Amazing to see the destruction of the city trees, of trees just in general, falling over because of the wind. Again, the lack of water has exacerbated those problems. And when that soil gets soaked so quickly... Kind of, hang, kind of hard to hang on for the roots. A lot of limbs uh, breaking off, exposing 
some of the disease and unfortunate problems a lot of our city trees have along the right-of-way. It was uh, it was like playing dodgeball trying to get into work a couple of mornings to do the news, especially during the height of the storm. But again, it seems like city crews got out there pretty quickly, at least here in the city of Merced. I can't speak for the other five incorporated cities here in the county, but city of Merced did a wonderful job. The, the flooding, and I don't know what it is about the flooding sometimes. I don't know if this is the city crew's fault or just the design of uh, some of the storm drainage systems here in town. We've always had, I don't know, it used to be years ago, R Street, oh, going up from Maine all the way to the creek used to be a big problem, big ponding basin. Now, there were some issues over there. There was a pothole. My word, you could lose a Toyota in there. Almost lost mine. But uh, MLK to G Street, Childs Avenue, behind the fairgrounds there, the swap meet. I know it's a low spot, but I, th- I thought there was a pumping station over there to pump the stormwater out into the uh, MID ditch. And I know that area was flooded, actually closed down for a while. And those are some real frustrations. Of course, power outages, those sort of things. What a storm. So what a storm. I, I don't know. Uh, I haven't really followed the weather for today. I think we're supposed to dry out for a little while. Hopefully the ground moisture, the content will be good. It's a good thing that we didn't have uh, the blossoming of the trees. I, I tell you, the spring weather, I thought we were pretty much pretty much going to get the... Uh, the early spring, but it but it held off. The Bermuda is still dormant, which is a uh, which is a good thing. One of the things that happened here in Merced this week: the homeless count, the point in time count that's done by the Continuum of Care. I sometimes fondly call it the Continuum of Despair, only because still waiting for some permanent solutions. This was supposed to be a permanent, sustainable effort by folks, a 10-year effort. that we're, I, th- I think we're into year 16 now, seriously. And we're trying to solve homelessness. And, of course, one of the things you need to do is know how many you have in the community. And so I believe it was, what, Wednesday, Thursday? It's really this Friday. I don't know. I lose track of time here with the, with the weather. But they went out, a group of folks, volunteers, really dedicated group, have to thank them for doing that. Because one, the weather is terrible, cold, wet, rainy, and the places you have to go to find homeless, as you can imagine, uh, somewhat tucked away, hidden along waterways, the freeways, the railroad tracks, the transportation corridors, just out in the middle of fields, out in the middle of nowhere, kind of hiding out. And again, uh, they did that. I don't know what the official count was. Mayor Matt Serrato, city of Merced, very forthcoming in some of his Facebook posts. I know sometimes they like to roll out these numbers in a more structured form, but seem to be quite a few uh, folks. I, I saw the number 200 uh, out, in ab- out and about. And that, uh, when you think about the number that are currently sheltered uh, in situations like Project Room Key, the programs that Bruce Metcalf has with the Merced Rescue Mission, other Nonprofit, non-governmental organizations. There's a lot of churches, faith-based groups that are taking care of people in residential settings. You know, one, two, three, four here and there. And I don't believe those are counted in the mix. So to have 200 plus people out there, still in the community, out there in the weather, uh, urban campers, if you will, is is uh, very disappointing. Again, we have this program 
in place for a number of years. I think the county is now the lead agency, uh, the responsible management authority, whatever they call it. They have, to, they have to send the checks somewhere, folks. So when Adam Gray or uh, money comes down the line, one of the electeds uh, get a little, you know, what did we get, 10 $15 million to build a navigation center, do some other efforts. The governor has shotgun money at the homeless problem. And and yet we still seem to find uh, ourselves in these triple-digit numbers uh, relatively high compared to our community when you look at a community of 250,000. And again, this is just here in the city of Merced. Other uh, incorporated cities, the county struggles with this issue. And, and when I say struggle, it's a struggle. So the survey was conducted the point in time Survey was conducted this week. It will be interesting to see what we do about that. What I uh, am still waiting for, and here we are at the end of January, is the Navigation Center, when that is going to open, when that's going to be occupied, even if it's on a 25%, you know, like a restaurant, we can serve 25%. I don't know what we need to do to get that open. I thought that was supposed to be open by the end of the year. Hopefully that hasn't gone over budget. As you know, that's a 66 I'm going from memory. If I'm if I'm a couple of million off, excuse me, but I think it was about six point six million dollars uh, for that uh, facility, and it will be interesting to see if that can be used up to its full potential. I still hear of talk in the community about having a urban campsite somewhere outdoors, away from uh, the city, but yet close to uh, services. Or services can be brought easily to these folks. And again, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to have enough room at the end, so to speak, over there at the new uh, vacation village, excuse me, the Navigation Center, uh, which is over there by the existing county mental health facility, over there where the uh, graveyards are, off of Childs, a Childs and B project. Another big project that's going to be kicking off someday with its own electric bus. That's going to house uh, a certain number of homeless folks. And then, of course, there's the uh, Merced Rescue Mission, what Bruce Metcalf is, Respite Center, uh, currently being built, I believe, over there on Cone Avenue. So you can't get these resources online soon enough. There was some talk last week about the situation over there at the Merced Inn and Suites. This is over off of Childs Avenue, right next to where the old CHP Headquarters used to be, for those that remember, back then, uh, that far back, in the Eagle's Nest. It was a restaurant right over there for many, many years. Of course, the bowling alley's been torn down and a new facility put in there, an Arco station, a a KFC. But uh, wedged in between the vacant CHP lot and the new Welcome to Merced, Merced Gateway. I think they call that the Merced Gateway Project. Uh, is the Merced Inn and Suites. And this is where Project Room Key, the state efforts to house some of the more vulnerable homeless population, is being uh, enacted here in Merced County, at least in the city of Merced. And I'll tell you, it's unbelievable what's going over there. And I bring up Coba's Restaurant, the restaurant that occupies the old Eagle's Nest. I don't know if they bought the building or just leasing it, but uh, Councilman Ornalis with the city of Merced mentioned that they were making what, $200 a day because of the uh, clientele that the hotel, the motel has uh, the inns and suites, Merced Inn and Suite, has taken in. 
and has basically run off the clientele for Kova's restaurant, and they're really struggling. So I took a ride over there myself to see what it was like, and all I can say is uh, don't do it unless you have uh, some security with you because it's dicey over there, to say the least. People just hanging out. You can just tell when there's no good going on. Over there on the backside, there's a, a driveway to get out. You know, it's an exit. It's kind of a one-way in, one-way out. The ground floor, the rooms don't face this, but all the windows seem to be open. Uh, people standing by literally every window, uh, things being passed in, uh, back and forth. If there's not drug dealing, other nefarious activities going on over there, I don't know what it is. And it's just sad that when you try to help, when you try to provide shelter, it degrades into this kind of a situation. And I know it's a tough uh, problem to tackle, homelessness, but when you put this kind of element into the middle of a business that's trying to survive, well, it's totally impossible. And I really feel for the folks over there at Covas. I know the hotel, motel association successfully petitioned for a break of the credit card convenience fee, the 3% or whatever it is, when they pay their impound account to the city for the tot tax, they wanted a little relief from that because they've been struggling. And again, I understand we all have been struggling during the COVID crisis. And I, it, it just makes me wonder if Kova's restaurant wouldn't love to pay the 3.3% credit card convenience fee if they had people buying food at their restaurant, dining in, taking out, whatever it is, but on $200 a day, well, any fee is hard. Of course, you know, impound accounts, fees that we collect for the government, kind of like sales tax. You know, you got a business that collects sales tax. They have to send that into the state of California. I'm sure they'd like to get a break on how they pay that tax, whether it be with a credit card or check or... Anyway, I, I digress. We're out of the first segment of Citizen Watch on Saturday morning, the 6 a.m. hour. Last Saturday in January, there will be a city council meeting Monday night in the city of Merced. We'll talk about that. Also, our special guest will be right back after the break. Saturday morning, my name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS, it's Citizen Watch. Ah, beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning. Going into February, ah, the month of love. Did you hear where they're going to open the restaurants? For Valentine's Day in New York City. What a lovely thing. What did Cuomo say? Governor Cuomo. I want to give the uh, people time to order stuff, you know, get the uh, wait staff ready to go. Now, I don't know. Has the, have the ICU bed, has the capacity changed? Have we, are we at 15%? Wasn't it interesting this week? There were so many interesting things that went on this week, but wasn't it interesting that the governor, our governor, not, not Cuomo, but our Cuomo-like governor, Newsom, 
said, uh, hey, you know, <laughs> the lockdown's lifted. Go in peace. Now, I did, did we hit the 15% ICU capacity? No. No, I, I think we only have a, a couple of beds open, lots of pillows, but not a lot of beds. So what changed? What changed? Now, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty simple man, simple-minded guy, if you haven't figured it out by now. Common sense runs in the family. And uh, I'm thinking, what, 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 what has changed? Let's see, it's Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. What was it, Monday? It kind of leaked out, remember? It was over the week. You know, there's going to be a big announcement. Big announcement Monday, Tuesday, whatever it was, you know, that the, the lockdown is lifted. You know, you can, you can leave the house, the bomb shelter, the bunker, the hunker down, the, the stay inside, the double. What did Fauci say this week? Two masks are better than one. Hey, let's do three. So Monday, the governor comes out and says, uh, yeah, you know, you guys can resume the, uh, the takeout, the styrofoam service. No in-person yet. Is there? Oh, there is some places. Wink, wink. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then the vaccine rollout. Oh, don't get me started. The Board of Supervisors meeting. My friends, if you have three hours that you're not doing anything, go to Facebook, punch up. County of Merced, Merced County, I don't know, whatever comes up there. You'll see the official website. Tab down, Tuesday, the fireworks. Scotty Silvera, District 5, what a hero. We've got the sound bites. The commercials will be coming out. Well, we're a couple of classics. I'm going to take the sheriff and go get the doses. I loved it. The other one was, uh, give us the damn doses, give us the damn vaccine. It was like John Wayne up there. John Wayne! Of course, all, uh, well, a couple of the other, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you, this thing is not working out real well, is it? And don't get me started about the schools. <laughs> you think your kids are going to do that in-person graduation, that uh, spring semester? Wake up. Merced County Fair? Well, that's my favorite time of year. The funnest five days, the hottest five days. We've had so much fun at the fair over the years. Will it happen this year? I don't know. What did Rebecca, the public health director, tell us? Rebecca Nanyanho Kemp tell us? It'll take five years at this rate with the vaccines we're being given by the state of California to achieve herd immunity in the county of Merced. That is completely unacceptable. And our political leaders rightfully were upset as well as county staff, as well as, well, you should be too. We've been shut down going on a year now, my friends. We're coming up into February. After this weekend, Monday's the first. I have a calendar here, I know that. March is when it all fell apart, when the wheels came off of the economy. So what changed? What changed Monday? 
What changed Tuesday for the governor? Well, I think you have to look at what changed the week before. There was an inauguration. And we heard the conspiracy theories. Remember? Oh, everything's going to change after the election. It's going to loosen up. No, no, no. We're going to follow the science. This is going to be a science-based, you know, two masks are better than one. Driven effort. A hundred million doses in the first hundred days. Well, I hope so. According to the Board of Supervisors, the comments that were made Tuesday, we can uh, distribute 14,000, 15,000 doses a day if we had them. Now, in a county of 250,000, it's a little higher math for me, but I'm thinking 20 days. We should be able to to, uh, vaccinate at that rate everybody that needs to be vaccinated, that wants to be vaccinated. And that's a whole other story, my friends. And something that adds to the mystery of this whole thing. Because, you know, they have to thaw these things out. It's like jello shots or something. You know, you make them up ahead of time. They only last so long. So they're like, okay, we got 100. uh, Oh, let's just use a category, first responders. We have 100 scheduled to come in. Let's thaw out the vials. Get the needles out, the alcohol swabs, whatever they do. I don't know the procedure. And only 50 show up. Well, now they got 50 doses that they've thought out. What do they do? Do they throw them away? As they have. I'm not saying that in Merced County. But in other places, it has happened. So what they do around here, it's my understanding, is they get on the phone, they start calling people, hey, you want to come on down? We know you want it. You called in. We didn't have a spot for you, but now guess what? Which is what they should do. I'd be going around the building. Hey, anybody want a little? Because really, you cannot waste this. It's so precious. And yet here in Merced County, the numbers are pathetic. When you look at a state of California that's 50th out of how many states are there? Have we brought D.C. in yet? Is Puerto Rico waving the flag? There's only 50 states, and we're dead last in the nation. Now, for our next lesson, there's 58 counties in California. Guess where we were, according to the Department of Public Health of Merced County. Now, out of 58, guess where we were? 55, 56, 57, 58. So we were third. No, we were 56, 57, 58. We were 56th. Third from the bottom in a state that's on the bottom. It doesn't look good, my friends. So Scott Silvera, District 5 supervisor, a hero. A hero. And we've had heroes all through this thing that have seen through the veil. Nobody says it's not real. But when are they going to treat it like it's real? What did the public health director say? We're important enough to uh, grow the, be essential workers, grow the nation's food, but we're not important enough to let die. Oh, it's just terrible. I mean, these are strong, strong words from people of many different political stripes. Believe me, my friends. 
So what changed for the lockdown to be rescinded other than a change in administration? I don't know. None of the numbers, none of the metrics changed. They don't even share the numbers. They don't even share the numbers. So the... (laughs) I was going to talk about something uh, that tied in with the last segment. But the vaccine... The vaccine situation here in Merced County is dire. Absolutely dire. Now, I don't know if the sheriff has the ability to get in the uh, MRAP, to take the Huey, to land on the roof, to do an extraction of some more doses of vaccine. But I appreciate Supervisor Silvera to even suggest that. I'd go on that drive. Maybe Mark Pazin who is up there at the Office of Emergency Services. I wonder if he can throw any uh, influence around there to help good old Merced County. Because we're it's, it's, it's bad. It's really, really bad. I love how everybody wants to use the sheriff when there's no other solution. Remember the water? We couldn't get water. The state water board, they're going to take all our water. We're going to have the sheriff go up there and turn on the gate. Turn on the wheel. Like there's some big wheel up there in Hetch Hetchy that you can just turn on and everything's okay. Like there's some freezer somewhere that all these doses are being held, being withheld from Merced County. No, it's just getting our fair share. It's getting in the loop. And some people would say, some people would even extrapolate, you know, I'm not so naive to see other views. Some people would say, well, you know, our past behavior, our past letters, our past resistance to conform, You know, maybe that's why they're holding back. And if that's true, well, that's insidious. That's terrible. And they are letting us die because they want to prove a point. That's not right at all. So you have a lot of different things in this vaccination story. People not wanting to take it when it's offered. People wanting it so bad they do anything. You cannot believe the anguish among the people that are waiting to resume some sort of normal livelihood. And like I say, don't get me started on the schools. <laughs> the CTA is in complete control of that bus, and they don't want to drive it. They want to wait until all the teachers are vaccinated, tested, rah, rah, rah. Somebody told me that this vaccine is not approved for people under 16. I did not know that. But the teachers don't want to go back to in-person learning the uh, what we know, what what people generally know. <laughs> if you've only been in school since kindergarten, boy, you don't even know what in-person learning is. Isn't that sad? If your child just started, hey, you know, I'm looking forward to going to school. Well, it's Zoom. And we've heard the horror stories with that. The grades, terrible. Performance, terrible. Even Newsom, Governor Newsom admitted that his, I think, seven-year-old son is just not learning this should really concern a lot of people you know that 90 percent of the christian schools have been doing in-person learning in the country since the first of the year 90 percent. you know the percentage of public schools during doing in-person learning since the first of the year it's barely above double digits barely above double digits here in our own county we've seen stone ridge Christian schools, some of the other uh, faith-based schools continue with the in-person learning. 
again, taking the precautions. You don't hear about everybody, the, these mass breakouts. So again, I think that while this is very real, the reality of what's going on is finally sinking in, not only with the Board of Supervisors, but with people in general. We need to get back to business. We need to start living again. And to be in a position where we don't have enough doses of vaccine to even get around to the essential workers. You know, they changed that definition. It was supposed to be the uh, frontline workers, and it was, you know, 65 and older, a free-for-all. And they don't give us the inventory in which to do this. We have lots of people willing to give shots. They've, in, they've enacted uh, so many individuals or empowered so many individuals to administer this, but we just don't have the vaccine. And I don't know what it's going to take for people to wake up. I really don't. But it was good to see the comments. Again, Scott Silvera, Darren McDaniel, I don't want to leave you out. Some very good pointed comments directed at the state. I don't know, maybe we'll get in trouble again. You know, some people say, oh, you know, uh, Vern's letter, you know, Outwater's position, sanctuary this, blah, blah. No. I think this was going to happen anyway. Hey, look, we're out of the second segment, Citizen Watch, Saturday morning, 6 a.m. hour. Oh, I didn't tell you, Delray Shelton, special guest. At the 8 a.m. hour after Roger, after community conversations, we have one more segment to record. So let me get off the air and do that. We'll be right back. Hey, Saturday morning. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Sets News Talk 107.3 FM 1480 AM Citizen Watch. Hopefully we can dry out for just a couple of days and then uh, get right back into that wet weather. Because it's winter! That's what it's supposed to be, right? The fog. All that, we got spoiled a little bit, I think. You know, got all that spring-like weather. I was out there working in the yard, had all the projects going, and then the weather's coming. Had to take everything in, batten down the hatches. What that windstorm. Whoo! You know, I wanted to uh, just tie a couple of things together. The first segment, we were talking about homeless. They did the homeless uh, point-in-time study. I wanted to participate in that, but I didn't get to go to the training. You had to have training, believe me. You don't want to just... <laughs> you just don't want to walk into those homeless camps without, uh, well, one, knowing what you're doing, and two, have some training. But anyway, they did that. But the reason I was uh, the, didn't get to tell you about something I saw, transients throwing objects onto the freeway over there by the... Merced Inns and Suites, the Child's Avenue on-ramp, off-ramp, you know where it goes over there. They've had the folks living underneath the bridge that they cleaned out. Guess what? I saw a couple of tents under there again. Now, I don't know what the problem is. We've got the pole with the sign that says no camping. Obviously, that's not being adhered to. But why don't we go up there and, uh, you know, not let them take root again? Because, as you know, it was pretty, well, they called it, they called it the condos. Because they had actually put plywood out into the girders over the railroad tracks. Quite the drop. Probably a beautiful view. I don't know if those, have, you know, the uh, <laughs> a view of the tracks. That's $50 a month. I don't know what was going on over there. But uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the there's people still living over there. They're on the side of the freeway, I guess. 
And these people were driving down the road, and suddenly a big something, dark object, into the windshield. There was a Merced PD officer over there already responding to a similar call. Again, a lot of these folks have some mental health issues, things like that. Uh, they really just really need to be in a different setting getting some help. And when you look at the money we spend in, uh, with mental health here in the city, in the county, it's, it's unbelievable. Don't, don't, uh, you don't want to go on Transparent California, look up Merced County, punch in 2019. It's all right there. Very, very easy website to navigate. Almost too easy. Transparent California, punch in Merced County. They have the school districts there. They have the city of Merced, uh, all the cities. Every entity, government entity, public entity you can imagine. And it is eye-opening. And some of the money that we're putting towards mental health, not to say that it's it's not warranted. We always hear that we need to make more quote-unquote investment, i.e. spend money, uh, resources, i.e. spend money. And yet, what do we get for it? We get some guy throwing, or who, I don't know who it was, throwing objects onto the freeway, possibly injuring or killing somebody just trying to transverse the highways. It, it shouldn't be allowed. We shouldn't let folks get this close to our transportation corridors, whether they be rail, the freeway, the streets. It's it's just just unacceptable. So again, I wanted to make mention that there was a problem over there again by the Merced Inns and Suites over there by the old CHP. Really, really, really hard. We talked a little bit too about the uh, kids getting back in school and the frustration that we see there with sports, the lack of sports, the lack of uh, physical contact going out there. Uh, working with their peers, uh, practicing, uh, the team activities, those sorts of things, all the mental health benefits of that. It is just imperative we get our children back in school. And it is just horrific that we're not being honest with the parents, we're not being honest with the children, and telling them, hey, it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen until September, August, whenever the fall season starts. The governor was so frustrated, even he brought it up in a video that has since been pulled that you can't see anymore because they don't want to tell you the truth. They don't want to tell you the truth, but the CTA is in charge, my friends. Again, remember, faith-based schools, 90% of them back in. I think every one of them here in Merced County is is, is back in uh, in-person training. I know over there by me, by Yosemite uh, School, Yos- uh, Stone Ridge, out there on Yosemite Avenue, they had to put the black, you know, can't see through tarp, you know, like it's, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, like over there at Google, you know, like they're, they're, they're inventing the self-driving car over there. But no, it's just kids playing on a playground. And it sounds so beautiful. I sit there, I can hear it. I can hear the laughter. When it was that spring-like last week, oh, it was beautiful. Beautiful. Those kids are on the slide. They're, they're playing the ball together. They're, they're throwing things. They're, they're just having, they're being kids. And we've taken that away. And we're going to take that away for another six months. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I tell you, I hope the school boards get some get some backbone and tell the parents, be honest with the parents, that the teachers don't want to play. And it's really, hey, listen, I'm not throwing the teachers under the bus. I know there's a lot of good teachers out there, but the union running the show, they're driving the bus. The teachers are just, where are we going? I thought we were going to school. No, 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 no. They have all these demands. They want all this money, all of these things in place before they could even think about safely returning to school because safer at home, safer at home, dumber at home is what it is. These kids are not learning anything. It is pathetic and it's falling on deaf ears. Falling on deaf ears. That's what upsets me about happened about what happened this week with the uh, the recension, the recension of the stay-at-home order. What changed? What changed? 
We still have the same lack of ICU beds. The infection rate is through the roof. Our positivity rate is through the roof. And we can just arbitrarily say, hey, go in peace. Well, why not just, how about we go to the yellow tier? I'm all for that. Why don't we let the restaurants reopen before they're just, I mean, what are we trying to do? Put a stake through their heart? And I don't mean a T-bone. This is terrible. This is absolutely terrible. And what's happening with our children, again, it's terrible. I can't tell you. It's so, it's so wonderful to hear those children playing and laughing and being together. And we're just, we're, we're I don't know what we're doing to a whole generation of kids, but it's not good. The jail breakout, I wanted to talk a little bit about that. We'll move on. Uh, completely avoidable. The jailbreak was completely avoidable. And you folks that want to blame our sheriff, Vern Warnke, well, you're wrong. It's not his fault at all. And if you want to blame the staff down there, well, they must have been sleeping. You know, what was it? What was it like, uh, you, you know, uh, that, that one guy over there? Were they, were, they, were they not watching the cameras? Was it, you know, you know what, what, what was going on? Well, let me tell you, that place is so old. I've had the sheriff on these airwaves. That jail was around when he came on as a rookie. This thing needs to be demolished, replaced, but the county board of supervisors and the executives over there felt it was more important to have solar panels around the county building over there at 2222 M Street and other county facilities in the county than it was to take that bond money that we have, that we fought so hard for after Vern Warnke got elected, and build the facilities that the grand jury has outlined numerous times in the grand jury reports year after year after year and took that money and instead encumbered the land so we couldn't use the bond for solar panels because you want to be green. You want to be green. I liked how they braided their own rope. I wonder if they used hemp. You know, it's very strong. It's, it's, but, but it was completely avoidable, completely avoidable had we been on top of the ball. Public safety. These are the prime directives. You know, let's go back to Star Wars or Star Trek. The prime directive is public safety and promoting an environment that private enterprise can thrive. Because without that, government is not going to last. So here we had six people go out the roof, didn't even know about it for a while, because again, the facility is old. They only have so many people. Again, do not blame the sheriff department employees do not blame the sheriff. This was something that was not his fault. He's trying to do the best he can with what he has, okay? And he's not been given the resources by the county, the board of supervisors, the chief executive officer over there has not made this a priority, a priority in this county. We have other priorities, and I know the state, <laughs> again, this is a very, very complex issue. But we had an opportunity. We had a bond. We're losing buying power on that bond. We finally got the land unencumbered over there uh, at Sandy Mush by the existing facility where we can now start building on this. But for years, we were kicking the ball, kicking the can literally down the road. So these problems should not, should not be unexpected when they happen. You know, we used to f fondly call... The Sandy Mush facility, Paisen's bed and breakfast, in by 10, out by 8. It was one of those situations where it was very hard to keep people in there with the type of construction it was. And that was the newest facility. So if you think this, 
you know, uh, Mayberry RFD facility we have downtown is some sort of uh, supermax. Well, I've got a, I've got news for you. It's not. And hopefully they'll get the other three individuals. You know, that's $10,000 a piece they're offering for a reward. So, again, I would uh, hope people would drop the dime, the quarter, whatever it costs now, uh, free minutes, uh, use some of your free minutes, text. I guess you can text 911 now. It's an amazing, it's an absolutely amazing world, my friends. But do not, do not blame Sheriff Warnke and do not blame any of the uh, wonderful corrections officers we have over there. You know, it's kind of a, a dual role. They have corrections and then they have the sheriffs. Corrections run corrections. And again, those those folks are really tasked with a lot to do. You know, do more with less. The overtime, uh, again, gets into a kind of a safety concern sometimes. I worry about that. But uh, again, I, I just don't, they just can't get a break. They just can't you get an in-custody death. It's their fault. You know, you get somebody that goes out on a roof, you know, that's their fault. No, it's not. It's not. It's the facility. We need better equipment. We need to give them better resources, and we should commit, we should commit to that. Uh, law enforcement's going, been going through a really, really tough time here lately. You've, you've heard pretty much of just giving up on facilities and things like that. It's trying to just keep the personnel levels uh, at the staffing. And I'm talking also about fire. Uh, you can't send one guy out on a fire truck. You have to have a team. So when you start losing fire, firemen and police officers, it's really tough to make up those losses, especially when you have personnel leaving for other departments. You do the training, you lose that beat, beat knowledge. Very, very, uh, very, very hard. I want to let folks know that the event last week, City of Merced, Parker's Hardware, who uh, coincidentally related to the new fire chief here in the City of Merced, they had a really nice event over there at Parker's Hardware on 18th Street, sponsored by Matt Serrato, City of Merced, trying to kind of highlight local businesses. They're going to keep doing this. I think another effort is going to be held with the City of Atwater and one of their businesses locally. So that's going to be a, uh, a great thing. One, one other thing I wanted to mention, the City of Atwater City Council meeting, Darren McDaniel got up and made a great presentation, his annual or monthly report, District 3 monthly report about the progress being made over at the Atwater Commerce Center, uh, the Atwater International Trade District, whatever you want to call it over there, the, the uh, old Castle Air Force Base, as we affectionately call it. And they're supposed to be getting uh, some more uh, freight in there. And I was really interested to read an article. It was in uh, a CNBC article about the number of shipping containers going back empty to China overseas and agricultural exports not in them and they want these shipping containers back i guess china has so many exports over to the united states that it's easier to get the empty containers back and three out of four containers on these ships headed back are empty when really they should have our products in there especially when it comes to ag there's a tremendous backlog of getting ag products out of the port of los angeles so i can only hope that this effort that Darren talked about, Supervisor Darren McDaniel going on at Castle will help that effort. Because again, I, I didn't think there was a problem with shipping containers. You see them everywhere. People use them for storage. All kinds of neat things. If you ever have one of those, an opportunity, but maybe they're getting scarcer and scarcer. But again, it could have something to do with the trade war, uh, the sanctions that have been going on with China. Some people say that has something to do with it also. So interesting how some of the worldwide events play out right here in Merced. But again, the 
Mid-California International Trade District, something that was touted as a as a, a good thing. And so I hope that works out with the Port of Los Angeles. Well, we're out of time. 6 a.m. hour. We're going to have Delray Shelton, Councilman District 6, City of Merced, in at 8 o'clock talking about his Project Unity and some other things. It was a great interview. I hope people tune in to listen to that. If not, you can always catch it by going on 1480kyos.com, hitting our podcast logo, and it'll be up there after 10 o'clock today. We're also going to play it next week at this hour, because that's what we do with our good interviews. Give you uh, 6 a.m. folks a little taste of that. So anyway, we're out of time for this segment of Merced County Morning News. My name is Casey Steed, not Merced County Morning News. I say that so often I get used to it. Citizen Watch. I'm Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM. 1480 AM KYOS. We'll see you later.